Thank you for joining us today. This is Scott Becker with the Becker Group Business of Pot Podcast. I'm thrilled today to have Michelle Davis with us on the discussion. Michelle, I'm going to ask you five to seven questions for our audience uh, and just enjoy yourself. So, Michelle, let me start with, can you take a moment just to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Hi, Scott. Well, I'm a doctor of behavioral health by training, and I'm currently working as the assistant director of a doctor of behavioral health program, um, which is called Cummings Graduate Institute, and it's in Phoenix, Arizona. We train doctoral level health professionals in integrated health, um, particularly behavioral health. And then I also do a little bit of consulting and work in the healthcare industry and education industry. Thank you. And you, you've had some involvement. I know you're in Michigan with the cannabis industry as well. Tell us three things that people should know about cannabis and the cannabis industry. Well, I think for me, you know, I'm a clinician by training, and so my work has been in pain management. So my interest in the cannabis industry has, was burst out of the healthcare field and out of trying to understand um, opportunities for patients to have medicines available to them. So that's sort of my perspective. So in my time, kind of the last, I would say, really five years dancing around the cannabis industry, so to speak, um, I have found a few things. One, it's a huge industry. Two, it's a really quickly changing landscape. It's always shifting. I kind of refer to it as a little bit of a gold rush mentality. And, you know, for a lot of people, I think even sometimes really savvy business people who are not used to that industry, it can be a little confusing and overwhelming. You know, people are interested in this gold rush mentality, people touching it. You got into it from the pain management side originally. And even for savvy people, a lot of changes and possibly overwhelming. What are three to five people or companies that people should know about in the industry? There are cultivators, processors, people who do manufacturing, extraction, those of us in healthcare. Um, there's a budding wellness and emerging wellness market. There's legal adult use, there's commercial applications. And so when you consider the companies that one should be aware of, it really depends on your area of interest because there are really major players pretty much in every sector of the industry. Um, and like I said, you know, with any kind of rapid growth industry, it does have that sort of wild west feeling. And it's sometimes difficult to navigate. Um, I think especially for people who are kind of new to it. So from my perspective, I think some of the, the things that are important are data companies. I think um, that my opinion is probably influenced by my professional orientation in healthcare, where we focus a lot on data-driven decision-making. Um, and I think understanding data to drive decision-making in every sector of business, regardless if it's healthcare-oriented or not, is important. And so a couple of the companies I'm familiar with, I don't have any affiliation with them whatsoever, but I've seen them at meetings and talked with some of the people that are their representatives and, and have used some of their data myself are um, one of them is BDS Analytics. Um, they're really um, into understanding the evolving cannabis market and they track retail sales and do some of that. And the other one for data would be New Frontier. Um, they have a lot of good industry analysis and insight and they look at trends and opportunities. And so those are two companies I know. I know there are several more that may be very good as well. You've also mentioned this Wild West mentality, which I think all of us see, sort of the next gold rush. People think of the cannabis industry. You've got all kinds of players touching it. What's the future of the industry? What's your perspective on the future of the industry? Um, I think that the future of the industry is 
going to be an interesting place to kind of be because it's a constant changing landscape. Um, I think that there is a lot of innovative startups that are recognizing gaps or unmet needs and that these companies both have high risk and maybe high reward potential. Um, I think that the tech industry is really moving and shaking as are the biomedical areas. I've seen some really interesting things. I think what's really interesting to kind of know, and one of the areas I've kind of been around in the industry a little bit has been um, looking to invest. So I've sat on a lot of I've looked at a lot of pitch decks and gone to pitch lamps and been to many investor meetings. And, um, you know, a takeaway I had one time was a thought that, you know, in the gold rush, thinking gold rush mentality, a lot of times the people who made real money were not mining gold. They were selling picks and shovels. And so when you look at ancillary businesses, for example, one of the top considered medical stocks in, in our country last year in 2018 was miracle Grow. You know, it's an ancillary product, but you think it's something that you need to grow the plant. And so that's a really interesting thing. And so I think to be able to think outside of the box, looking at the gaps and the unmet needs, and then looking at all the ancillary services. And this is more of a legal area for somebody not in my area, but I think it's important to know, like what I learned as an investor, not being an attorney or doing those types of that type of work on a regular basis was that there's a lot of regulations around investing in companies that touch the plant versus companies that don't touch the plant. And there are, those things mean different things in terms of how safe and secure that money is. And so that's just something to kind of investigate if you're looking at investing in this space. Sure. That's fascinating. And the fascinating comment on how in the gold rush, so many people that made a lot of money weren't the people actually carrying the pick and shovel, but there are people selling into those people doing other kinds of businesses. I mean, you think about things as simple as Levi's, the jean company that grew out of the gold rush, not by doing picks and shovels, by selling jeans and pants to people doing mining itself. And, and all the people that have grown up in ancillary businesses to the core business. So a fascinating concept. So thank you. So we're, we're going to take a step, Michelle, and I'm going to ask you about the concept of what's your role in the industry. I know you're touching this as an investor. You're a behavioral scientist by background. Things like, what are you doing currently in the industry? Are you spending 10% of your time in the industry, 50% of your time in the industry? Tell us a bit about what you're doing in the industry. Well, currently I'm working, um, like I said, in the Graduate Institute. So I spend a lot of time educating. I'm educating health providers, and I speak on panels. I educate the general public and even communicate oftentimes as a consultant with business individuals that are interested in this space, particularly in arenas that coordinate with me and from pain management or behavioral health. I'm also involved in some advocacy organizations. And so I think it's really important to be a person that's in the forefront of talking about this. And one of the organizations that is a really great organization I'm involved in is Doctors for Cannabis Regulation. And they're one of the first national physicians organizations that have physicians and healthcare providers that are dedicated to advocating for legalization, um, taxation, and effective regulations of cannabis in the United States. And so I'm starting to get more involved in that. And then another organization I'm really interested in being more involved in is um, Americans for Safe Access. They do a lot of access for therapeutic use and legal access to cannabis. And one of the most important things you'll hear when you start hanging around this industry is we need more research. And 
they have a push toward that, as do many other organizations. Are a lot of people getting rich quick in the industry? And if so, Michelle, what's your best advice to get rich really quickly in the industry? I have to say, I'm, I'm uh, having been around this world for several years now, really, and being an active and certified investor and going to investor meetings, I have yet to, to feel confident making an investment, but I'm a very conservative fiscal person. And so I, and I'm also trying to look for something that is strategic in terms of can use some of my skills and what I can offer versus just being a silent investor. Um, I do think some people are getting rich quick. Um, I do think that there's some backlash to some of that. I'm not super familiar with some of the most recent lawsuits, but there's been whispers of some people getting in trouble doing some things that aren't kind of following regulations. And so I think you just have to really, you know, dot your I's and cross your T's and work with a good team of legal people who understand the industry and, you know, all of these kinds of other moving pieces. You have to really be able to understand moving pieces. There's a lot of money in the industry. There's absolutely no doubt about that. A lot of money, and it, and it's moving quickly, but in terms of the clear prescription to get rich quick, neither you nor I seem to have that, but it is what it is. Right, and I think some people are doing it, but the, sometimes I'll, I'll see people, and I go to a lot of meetings, and there's some really good meetings, like another organization that I'm not affiliated with at all, but I've been to their meeting. It's called MJ Biz, and they do a really big um, meeting in Las Vegas every year, and there's about 20,000 people there. So when I went to that meeting, it was just, it, it almost has, and I, and I don't mean this in any kind of a disparaging way, but when you walk around, and especially if you're, you know, an investor at all, it has a real predatory feel. There's a lot of people really trying to get startup money and do this. And it's just, it's hard to sift through the wheat from the chase, for a lack of a better word, you know, a better analogy, you know, it's for me anyway, I think some people are able to do it, but I obviously can only speak for myself personally. I'm not a a private equity person. I'm not a big, you know, go out in the world and investor and attorney. I'm a healthcare provider who sees that this is a really interesting, good industry. And there's a lot of places for everybody in it. There's a lot of room for educators in it and for health providers and, researchers and all of that, which is more my arena. But then I see all of the other arenas. I mean, the security, the supply chain management, the production, the testing of the plants, the testing of how they do extractions. Like if you have a plant with mold and you don't, and you extract it, you'll have mold particles in your concentrate. Do they test for that? I mean, there's just so much. I almost recommend somebody going to like the MJ Biz meeting that has seven probably different sectors represented from the industry and 20,000 people because it really gives you that bird's eye view. I mean, it's really like the become like the MJ business really become like the Woodstock of capitalism for cannabis. Is it a fair statement? I think so. I mean, I, I get, they, they put out really great literature. They, their meeting is interesting and good. Another meeting that I've been to a couple of times um, that I really liked quite a bit and it's smaller and kind of, more tech focus is in Oakland. And that one's called New West Summit. And New West Summit is interesting because of its proximity to Silicon Valley. You get a real big tech influence there. So you see the apps and the, you know, kind of supply chain management, you know, technology and some of the biomedical. It's just really interesting. It's an exciting, interesting world to be around. And I, I just, I'm, I'm interested to continue doing more in it. I, I will continue doing more, but I, 
my comfort zone is education and healthcare. So I, I tend to stay there. You spend about 20% of your time loosely in the cannabis industry. Do you expect that percentage of your professional and business time to grow in the cannabis industry or not? I really do expect it to grow because the need for education and educating health providers is so important. One of the areas I'm particularly interested, I think, in will be to see how the substance abuse treatment facilities approach cannabis legalization. Um, You know, from a behavioral health point of view, that's a part of our conversation. And I've approached some of them at medical meetings and at at pain meetings and asked them about this. And the answers have been varied and incomplete, (laughs) I guess, to say the least. And so one of the things uh, with the Doctors for uh, Cannabis Regulation is that I hope to learn more from them and how to be in the conversation with substance abuse. There's a lot of money in treating substance abuse. It's obviously very, very necessary. But how do we how do we peel apart those patients who use cannabis legally from those people we define as substance abusers? Those definitions are going to have to be fluid, I think. Fascinating. Michelle, I want to thank you. You've been just a great guest and really informative, and I love your perspective. So thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, and we'll look forward to hearing more from you in the, in the future. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you.